the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everybody. I'm Dottie Herman. Welcome to Eye on Real Estate. You know that everyone's talking about real estate, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter whether it's somebody who's renting, buying, okay, with a young, old. I always say real estate is the universal language. Everyone speaks it. Of course, I'll be joined by today's, uh, our co-host, resident legal expert attorney Stephen Ebert, a partner at prestigious firm Kasson & Kasson, located in Western all over the country, in Westchester and all over the country. And he's going to fill us in on the latest legal developments in the business, and there's a lot going on. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Dottie. Good to be here, as always. I know. Please tune into the show live on Saturdays at AM 970, The Answer. And uh, you can use our mobile app or iHeartRadio. Or, by the way, you can just follow me on DottieHerman.com um, on my website or Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I'm on all the social medias. Um, t- today at 11 o'clock, we will be joined by Eric Feldman, who's the general assignment reporter in Spectrum News, New York One. And at 11.30, we'll be joined by Tom Drew, who's the vice president regional sales manager at Citizens Financial Group. Before we get started, I'm just going to give you a brief. Uh, Jonathan Miller did the um, market reports for Florida, New York, all the things. And basically, not to, uh, I could put you to sleep with it, there's so many of them. But basically, pretty much they're all the same, okay, in the sense that there's a decline, okay, but the prices have held. And that's going to Florida, and that's in New York, Connecticut. Prices have held because of the lack of inventory. Um, so even though we seem to be depleting more and more listings, there's not a lot of inventory. So it makes buying a home challenging today. Uh, but prices haven't gone down because there is no inventory and there's more buyers than there are sellers. And, of course, that gives us, when there's more buyers than sellers, it really gives you a uh, seller's market. So that's what we're in, and that's pretty much... I mean, I'm sure there's some pockets of the country that aren't like that, but for the most part, places that you would think to go in um, are pretty much all in the same category, lack of inventory. And good news for New York, uh, New York hotel occupancy soared 10% as uh, tourists flocked to the city, and basically occupancy on hotels has gone up 13% year-to-date, in New York compared to the national average of 9%. So 
So, again, in all fairness, New York, probably a couple of years ago, nobody was really uh, going to uh, hotels because you couldn't do anything in New York. But it's up, and New York is really trying to, you know, give its best effort to come back, and it's come back a long way. And I see that the tourists are really starting to head back to New York. So that's all good news for New York. And while we're on New York, uh, New York... um, recorded its priciest deal of the year last week with a condo at the Midtown Super Tall Skyscraper, 432 Park Avenue, that was asking $92 million, and they found the buyer. And even though it's a slow week, usually because people are getting back to school, it's the end of the summer, kids, you know, kids have to get back, people are, you know, getting their books, you know, all their stuff for supplies. In total, there were 18 contracts signed in the week ending Sunday for homes asking at least $4 million. The record deal pushed total new signed contracts for 11 condos, 5 co-ops, and 2 townhouses um, to 219300000 million, which doubled the previous week. And... Um, Despite, despite, the, despite the price tag of the $92 million condo, found the buyer after two years on the market and a major price adjusting from its original $132 million price tag. The home spans, and it sold for $92 million, and it's uh, 8,000 square feet. It's on the 79th floor of 432 Park, and uh, the seller bought the unit from the builder's development in 2016 for $59.4 million in change. So um, that's a pretty big profit. And, you know, what I say about when people say, oh, New York, New York, it's not what it was. Well, people are still paying a lot of money. And the second priciest contract signed last week was a penthouse on Hudson Street asking nearly $18.3 million, and it was a four-bedroom duplex with about 5,000 square feet and another 2,500 square feet of outdoor space. So things are moving along, and people are still spending money, and that's all good. But this, uh, we've, we've had a, um, a kind of a something that's really, to, to a lot of you, it won't make a big difference, and to some of you it will. But Steve, I was reading an article, I mean, it's all over the papers, actually, and it said... The end of Airbnb in New York. Like, it's over. And uh, I have to ask our legal expert, I mean, tell us the rundown and who that's going to affect and how it's going to affect people. Yeah, Dottie. You know, there is a law that passed earlier this year in New York City. So keep in mind, everyone, what we're talking about right now is New York City. But, you know, what happens is, other you know, municipalities and big cities might copy, so definitely something to watch. Something we called Local Law 11, which required effective September 5th, so this week, that if you want to have the right to have a short-term rental like a B- Airbnb, you have to register and get your property approved. Now, let's take a step back. And understand what this means because somebody might say well why do i have to register my property i own it well in new york city if your property is designated residential right at a co-op a condo a single family house etc you can rent it out 
but it's got an, it can't be a short-term lease. It's got to be at least 30 days or more. That's the law. And, Dottie, this law has been in effect well before Airbnb was even a thought. And so what's happened is there's been years of negotiation and back and forth of how to tax, how to do. And finally, a, a compromise, I'll put in quotes, came about. So the law is very, very specific. So number one, if you're going to be allowed the privilege to work around the minimum 30-day lease law, which is, a, which is a product of a zoning designation of property, you have to be registered and it has to be your primary residence. So number one, Dottie, those people who are saying, oh, I'm going to buy a few apartments and sort of be an aggregator of Airbnb, and that's my rental strategy, that's completely off the table. On top of this, Dottie, people who say, oh, what I'm going to do, and a lot of people have done this, is let's say I'm going to go away for a month, and I'm going to go somewhere, and I want to rent it out for the month while I'm away. That also creates an issue because technically in the rules, although I don't see how they're going to fully be able to enforce this, you're supposed to be there when your Airbnb guest is there too. So if you're following the rules properly, it's not that you can rent it out when you're away. You still have to be there. And you're limited to having two people in your property regardless of how um, large or small. So even if you could accommodate 10 people, you're limited to two under this Air the Airbnb rules. But the biggest thing, Dottie, going back for a second, is you have to register the property. Until you register the property, you're not allowed to use the Airbnb platform. And literally, I've already talked to clients, for those that have started the process, until they have that number, even if you had actual reservations, Airbnb wiped out those reservations from the system to be in compliance. You know, Steve, I, I was um, reading that in 2022, sh alone, short-term rental listings made $85 million in New York. So that you know, a lot of people do that. I mean, more than you, you would think, okay? And um, while the number of rentals may be small compared to New York City's population of 8 million people, some some great neighborhoods are overly burdened by short-term rentals, which can result in housing shortages and higher rents. And a lot of people, yeah. though, depend, you know, some people uh, de depend on it. Some I mean, people do, Dottie. And, and I'll tell you, there's a couple of other things that are outside of owner's control. One, if you live in a rent-regulated apartment, rent control and stabilization, right. you are prohibited from using short-term rentals, Airbnb. You're not allowed that, to do it, by, you're not. categorically. Is that you're in not. any, is that in any? Uh... Well, you can always have a roommate. So, you know, so what's happened is the way the laws worked, right, if you have rent stabilization or rent control, it's supposed to be your primary residence. And what the laws allowed is that you could have a roommate, but they got to be there for more than 30 days. So keep in mind that hasn't gone away. It's just this short-term rental concept. That's what we're talking about. Um, and, and we can get into more depth another time because there's so many rules because they're very specific on what constitutes a roommate if you live in a rent-stabilized or rent-controlled apartment. 
But, but coming back for a second, back to the short-term rentals, and this is also very, very important. And every co-op board and condo board need to at least think about this. There is something called the prohibited building list. So let's say, for example, Dottie, let's say you were on the board of your building. Right. And the board made a decision and said, look, whether people like it or don't like it or need it, we don't want to have Airbnb in our building. And by the way, I know we're, we're all keep on saying Airbnb, but it could be VRBO. There's a bunch of other companies. It's just Airbnb is, is the most known of the companies. But a condo board or a co-op board, or if it's a regular rental building, the owner of the building can register with New York City and say, my building is prohibited from allowing it. So even if an owner of a co-op or condo unit or a tenant in a rental otherwise is fully compliant, they would be disallowed from engaging in short-term rentals if the owner or the co-op condo board registered the building to be on the prohibited building list. Wow. You know, Steve, I didn't even realize, but there are 3,250 short-term rental hosts in New York City who, had, they, who have submitted applications for registration um, while 800 applications have been reviewed and the office has granted 250 registrations. Um, and then they've returned a bunch of them, a lot of them, for additional information. And so um, do you think that's going to, like, I, I mean, I was reading that um, this could affect, like, a lot of tourists, you know, when they come to New York want to, you know, just rent not a hotel, want to rent a place or a room. And this could affect a lot of tourism, maybe? Or do you think it, it's well, really not going to do much I think there? It, look, I think if someone wants to come to New York, they're going to want to come to New York. I think this is actually very helpful for our hotel industry. And I think ultimately it actually could be helpful for restaurants, too. You know, it's interesting how things line up on this, right? You know, for a lot of individuals, right, you can make a few dollars on the side, and for some it's really financially helpful. But, Dottie, look what's been going on with our hotels. We've had a number of hotels shut down. Right. We have had a number of hotels say, I'm going to take a lower and not really what I want to be, but I'll take it anyway to survive, turning into homeless shelters, migrant shelters, right? But they really weren't designed for it. I mean, look at what's going on. I mean, you have in various neighborhoods in Midtown. And if we're trying to put a positive light on it, which we always try to do, you know, you can make an argument that this could save a number of hotels, which maybe not make those choices to be a migrant or a homeless shelter and actually save a community block because it's hurting a lot of businesses too, that hotels are going in that direction. So that's, that's the silver lining that I see on this, that this will maybe strengthen the hotel and hospitality industries. Um, I think, look, nobody's going to go on a New York vacation because they want the cheapest place in the world. Well, right? we're not the most to New expensive. York then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, you know, a it's going to cost them money. It's not New York City, I'll tell you that. But exactly. you know what, Stephen? Airbnb said, just in case any of you listeners are, have, have, do have uh, do rent, uh, 
It says it's canceling and refunding reservations in unregistered accommodations from December 2nd onwards. But those up until December 1st can remain in effect to lessen the impact on hosts and guests. Guests won't be penalized if they book and stay in an unregistered rental, but hosts and the platforms they advertise on could be as could be penalized as of September, well, as of now. Yeah, well, because, and Dottie, that, that's the law, you know, and, and what's happening is there is a penalty scheme if you don't register and you rent down, and um, that's really important, you know. And, and so, one, for those reservations that Airbnb canceled, if you're not registered, automatically those reservations are all wiped out. It's already happened. It happened over a week ago. Um, so that's already done. And so, um, you know, and, and if I was doing Airbnb, which I personally don't do, um, you know, as a host, you got to be careful because you are breaking the law. And I think New York City will be tougher on enforcement because their argument is going to be, look, we already gave you an exception to the rules on how to legalize your place. And, and Donnie, you know, it's not hard, but if you look through the application, there's a lot of bits and pieces. For example, they're going to want to see two forms of proof that it's your primary residence, New York City. They're going to also want to see that it's safe for the number of occupants. Is there actually living space? Is there proper egress? I mean, you've heard some of the crazy stories, you know, but there, you can't Airbnb your garage, or your attic, or your basement, right? It has to be considered proper living space. So it's definitely going to really scale back the program a lot. It depends what kind of space people have. But I'd be remiss, Dottie, if I didn't mention one other point, which I think we have to mention to warn people. Um, the hotel tax. A lot of times people have really skirted around the issue of, do you pay hotel tax? Do you not pay hotel tax if you're at Airbnb? What's going on? So first, keep in mind now, there's now a database with New York City that you've registered. So you're going to be on their radar um, as someone who's going to be getting income off a short-term rental. And there's no, you know, you, you, it depends on what you do and how often, but you might trigger the New York State sales tax, the New York City sales tax, and the New York State hotel unit fee. And you know, I, so, in other words, it really might impact you. Uh, uh, because I, I would assume a lot of people didn't report that income. I'm right, exactly. A lot of people haven't. They haven't. Um, but now, because you're registered, I think that's going to be an area they're going to look to. And, Dottie, I want to read two sentences directly from the government website, just so people have an inkling of what may or may not trigger the tax. Um, but, you know, I know we're coming to a commercial. So right after the break, I'm just going to give people a little tidbit of information so that way they can talk to their tax professionals, because that's ultimately the decision on whether they should be worried if they should be paying this hotel tax or not on their short-term rentals. And, Steve, one other thing. Airbnb sees it as a de facto ban on its business. Do you think they could, after the break, do you think they could try to fight this anymore? Because they see it's like an attack on their whole business. And that, That's a real, 
Yeah, it's a it's a great point and something also to watch out when they think about their business for the whole country. Will this become a new model? And yeah. we should definitely discuss that after the break. Yeah, we'll talk that. This is really important information for everyone to know. We'll be right back. And Steve's going to continue talking about what this all means to you. We all know summer is coming to an end, which means Invite Health is having our annual Labor Day buy one, get one free sale. The sale is on now. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Say hello to the change of seasons the right way by learning more about how to stay healthy from me, Dr. Amanda Williams, right here on AM 970 The Answer. Listen to past shows and informative podcasts all at invitehealth.com. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional seven days a week at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Visit invitehealth.com for our retail locations and to set up a free nutritional consultation in person, by phone, or by video. Take advantage of Invite's limited time, buy one, get one free Labor Day sale. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That number again, 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health, get healthy, stay healthy. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow 6-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price is 79.98 for a limited time. You can get this 6-pack towel set for only 39.99 with promo code Joe P. That's a 50% savings. Go to mypillow.com, call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code Joe P to save 50% on the MyPillow 6-pack towel sets. This decade is looking like the worst one to retire or be retired in. Now more than ever, you need to stay ahead of turbulent markets and money-grubbing politicians. That's why you need Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch. For more than 30 years, Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch has been helping Americans invest, protect, and grow their assets. A Retirement Watch subscription gives you must-have advice on all aspects of your retirement, independent advice you won't get anywhere else. When you subscribe to Retirement Watch, you'll get three months of Bob Carlson's Retirement Watch newsletter. You'll also get Bob's five model portfolios and five 
five free reports, including the hidden rules of retirement, hidden real estate tax bombs to avoid, cashing in on Congress's $350,000 retirement shocker, plus two more free reports, and an exclusive conference call with Bob Carlson answering your retirement questions. The newsletter, free reports, the conference call, all for just $19.95. Sign up today at yourretirementwatch.com, yourretirementwatch.com. That's yourretirementwatch.com. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm here with Stephen Everett, and we're talking about kind of a, a pretty, I don't want to say the end, but a big, big halt to the Airbnbs and the days of sleek downtown apartments outfitted for bachelorette parties, cozy two- and three-bedroom apartments near museums. Uh, while they can continue to operate in New York, the new rules are so tight that Airbnb sees it as a de facto ban on its business. And uh, by the way, see, 66 million visitors a year look for accommodations that are cheaper and sometimes larger than hotels with Airbnb. So you were saying, how, how does, well, what, what should someone do? Because a lot of people made a living like this, but at the same time, at the same thing, token, I, I really believe that there's something to it because, you know, when you don't know who's living in your building and it's transient, um, it can bring noise. It can bring trash. Uh, you don't really know who's in your, you know, in your building. You know, in New York City, most people kind of, whether they speak to them or not, um, they know who's <laughs> in their building. Okay, uh, I mean, right? So it's it, it could be very transient, and for all you know, it could be somebody who's, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if they have. Stephen, before this, did they have to like, if you wanted to rent out, did they even have to tell anybody? Screen well, this is, the, this is the irony of the whole thing is anyone who's bought real estate in New York City knows or should know that we have something called zoning laws, right? You know, take a step back on a, on a bigger, more fundamental scale, Dottie, right? You have industrial, heavy, light, right. commercial, residential, right? Could you imagine this silly scenario? You bought your apartment and all of a sudden next door – Somebody decides to every day bring in into a one-bedroom apartment 20 people to start manufacturing a product, and you hear machines going at all hours. You would say that that's absurd and ridiculous, right? Why would you put a commercial business in the residential building? And that's been the law that you couldn't do that. Well, the same thing here, but we don't think about it because it involves people, not a business per se, but it is a business, that... The residential designation is different than what we call transient housing designation, i.e. a hotel, right? Now, we do have some buildings that do allow both condo, hotel, sort of hybrid combination, but those are unique, and people know that going in. And so, you know, look, I think people are forewarned, and the fact is what's being done with these rules, even though it is – pushing back against the short-term rental industry, Airbnb, et cetera. The fact is it's legalizing some flexibility under the residential zoning laws because the law has always been, up until this registration, a hard no that you're not allowed to rent 
fewer than 30 days if you're designated residential. It's just that the city wasn't fully enforcing the law. Well, Steve, let me ask you a question. Since so many people did this, and I, I certainly understand, and I, I, I really am for it because I think it's important to know who's in your building and that I don't know, I don't really know how tough the screening was on people that, you know, like if you want to rent a room and you're, you know, just people in your, in your, in your apartment, or let's say you went away for weekends or you were going to be gone a month and you wanted to rent it. I don't know how tough they, that you had to screen anybody. It could be like a convicted felon or something. I, you know, did they screen people before this very well? I don't know. I don't, I don't think there was a lot of screening. I, I really don't think there was there was much at all. So all of a sudden, yes, you're in a building. And by the way, Dottie, what are the buildings where people got away with it more? The buildings with outdoor men, right? The bigger the building, like if you think of, you know, a, a Park Avenue co-op, big building with staff, 24-7 doorman, it's a lot harder to sneak in a guest in an Airbnb than yeah. if you have a, a small 20-unit co-op on a side street with no doorman. So True. if you think about it also, your concern about safety, in my opinion, is even more heightened with short-term rentals because the buildings that saw more of it were buildings without the extra building staff to keep an eye on things. Never thought so about that. So the That's security a is a great point. point. Yeah. So, so, so now that this has happened, Okay, and again, uh, you know, a lot of I, I think a lot of people did it also for cheaper than they could get a, a hotel. Uh, how are they going to really? I mean, I'm just trying to think in my mind. How would they really enforce this? I mean, they'd have to have God knows how many people. I mean, can they really enforce this? I mean, but I know they'll the try, they, but how? Here's the way that they're doing it, and this is actually the smart side of this law. They Shoot. basically are blocking this through the website registration because of this law and airbnb and other companies who facilitate the short-term rentals know that they have severe penalties they are not letting people host under the airbnb website unless they're registered and that's how they're doing it so the way the city is effectively enforcing it is they're not letting they're effectively stopping Airbnb and others like them from letting people host without being registered. So they're not going one by one. They're hitting the facilitator. So that's exactly the short point you want to get them if you're the city and you want to stop it. So they're doing it the right way to stop it. Um, so, so they're not going to go up to the people. They're going to go the people that might want to take advantage of renting a short-term rental. They're going after the people that are hosting it, basically, is what you're saying. Correct. And also the way the registration database works, if the building is on the prohibited list, it will block the apartment from being registered. Yeah. So also, so for, yeah, so if let's say you're on a co-op board and let's say there's 500 apartments, all 500 will be blocked by that one action by the co-op board. They don't have to go apartment by apartment. And oh, well, what's interesting good. is the, the law is very clear. If you want your building on the prohibited list, and this is also the city did it right on this one too, it's either all or nothing, right? You can't say that floors 1 through 10 are allowed Airbnb, but 11 through 20 are not allowed. 
it's either the whole building is okay with Airbnb or not okay with it. You can't sort of say your building is half and half prohibited and not prohibited. Yes, and um, another thing that I think is important to realize, you know, it also protects uh, tra- travelers from unsafe, co- you know, accommodations because I don't think there was any control of, like, you know, whether something was, you know, a, a room was safe or there was a way to get out, you know, if there was a way to get out safely in case there was a fire. Um, so it, it really protects people because when you go on Airbnb, I don't know how much they screened any properties to know if they were safe, I mean, to, to, to be in. And I just read, Steve, while you were we were on our break, that hosts in violation of the new legislation could face fines from a thousand to five thousand dollars. Oh, hundred percent. This is going to radically change it. It's going to markedly reduce what's available in New York City. Now, I want to take one pause for a second, Dottie, because I mentioned this before the break. For those people who do continue and are allowed to continue with it, there's one more thing they really need to keep in mind. And this hasn't changed, but I do want to um, keep, keep this in mind, is keep you have the various hotel and sales tax that might be applicable. Now, I want to be clear, we're not giving tax advice, and anyone who engages in a short-term rental should be speaking with their accountant or tax professional um, to go ahead and make sure that they're paying the right taxes and the right amounts. But some general guidance to keep in mind of where the line is before the taxes start getting triggered, and this is directly from the guidance from the New York City Department of Finance, and I'm going to quote them here. A building is not considered a hotel, and being a hotel means it would have to pay the tax. If rooms are only rented for up to 14 days or are only rented once or twice during any consecutive tax quarters of a 12-month filing period, rentals to permanent residents should not be included in the number of rooms counted as hotel room rentals. So what it's saying is if you are the truly occasional, you, you, you might be exempt from having to pay the hotel tax. So that, that's the guidance from the New York City Department of Finance, and I quote it directly. But definitely check with your tax professional because you want to make sure you're keeping track of how many days and how often you're engaging in these short-term rental agreements to make sure you're protected from a, tax, a lack of paying tax and lack of tax filing penalty. And I do want to say that more than you know, people did this for a living. So if you did, uh, you really better double check because you're the one that's going to get the fines. Um, We'll be right back. And then I have another great topic to talk about.
Bay Ridge Honda is kicking off the fall season by saving you $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. They have been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years. Your Honda dealer serving the five boroughs. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. And right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, you're going to receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with them. Even if you don't buy from Bay Ridge Honda, they will buy your car from you. So visit Bay Ridge Honda at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. Ends 9-30-2023. Josh Edwards, a stenographer who has served for more than a thousand depositions, arbitrations, hearings, etc. I, I don't think people understand that there are lots of different kind of revenue options with court reporting. I encourage people to check it out. And Josh Edwards, you're a perfect example as to why. So we start our captioners at my company at $100 an hour, and there's a two-hour minimum per job. You know, when we send an email saying, hey, we have a job starting at 9 o'clock on Monday morning, are you free for it? Even if that job cancels within a day, or if it only goes for half an hour or 75 minutes, they're still going to earn a minimum of $200 for that time slot. I encourage people to check it out. Email info at plazacollege.edu. And they have an introductory thing to just click the link and get the info. And Josh Edwards, you're a perfect example as to why. That's got to feel good and awfully rewarding. Thanks for spending some time with us. My pleasure. And, you know, I'm not bragging to say, but I am very happy and thankful that it has been a six-figure career every year since I started. Email info at plazacollege.edu. AM 970 The Answer is bringing Dr. Lederman's expertise in alternative cancer treatments to prime time every Monday night at 7. Dr. Lederman is triple board certified in radiation oncology, medical oncology, and internal medicine and is the first physician to perform non-invasive body radiosurgery in the Western Hemisphere. On an outpatient basis, no hospitals, no cutting, no bleeding. Radiosurgery takes minutes, is painless, non-invasive, and usually very well tolerated. Join Dr. Lederman Monday night at 7 on AM 970 The Answer. Two things that hit a family budget the hardest, the price of gas and of groceries. Let us ease that pain at the pump when you enter the $18,000 gas and groceries giveaway. The grand prize winner gets $10,000 in gift cards for gas and groceries. Three first prize winners each get $1,000 gift cards, and 10 second prize winners will get $500 gift cards for gas and groceries. That's $18,000 total. To enter, go to am970theanswer.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Okay, girls, ready to go? Yeah! Mom, I'm hungry. Can I have a snack? Me too, Mommy. You want a snack? Yeah! Got it? Children learn from our behaviors. Mommy, can you open this, All right, hold on one second. Okay. Okay, here. Thank you. They learn what is okay from the adults they see. Mommy, are you on your phone? If you're a distracted driver... Chances are, they will be too. What kind of driver are you raising? Funded by the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. AM 970, the answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. 
We're back, and I'm here with my co-host for the first hour, Stephen Ebert. We were talking about the end of Airbnb in New York City. Well, not the end, but it's certainly going to be different and reduce the amount of uh, rentals that go through Airbnb. So, Steve, you'll keep everyone posted on any new up, you know, any new things that go on. Steve, and I'm not sure if Steve's here. No, yeah, no, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep everyone posted. And look, you know, again, from a positive point of view, I think this could also be very helpful, you know, for the hotel industry and hospitality in general. So, you know, it, it's I, I think there's there's a whole combination of factors at play here. Yes, um, and I think it's also good for you know if you're in a building where somebody's doing that, you really don't know who they're letting in, you don't know the person, you don't know their background. So I think it's also uh, really a good thing, and I think it's, it's safer that they regulate it. But I have another. And, and, Steve. Oh, go ahead, finish because I have something. I was going to say maybe it's the same thing. I think this really ties into what was going on in uh, Suffolk County and the rentals. Yes. Well. There was an article on Friday. It was all over the news on uh, Friday of this week. Fake realtors scammed renters out of thousands in Suffolk County, police say. And police said a man in Suffolk County scammed several people out of thousands of dollars when he pretended to be a realtor for rental properties. Police say that Christian Anderson, 24, used the alias of Benjamin Connors, found rental properties online, and then he relisted them on social media websites claiming that he was a realtor when he wasn't. Um, he allegedly did four rentals, and he mainly did this in Mastic uh, and Mastic Beach, which is on Long Island, from January through March. Uh, Suffolk police say that Anderson arranged meetings with the victims in bank parking lots and, and uh, he gave his victims fraudulent residential agreements and keys in exchange for cash deposits. But once the victims arrived to the rental properties, they found that their keys didn't work or that people were already living in the property. Police said once he received money from the victims, Anderson blocked or deleted the social media account and stopped communication. Um, this is, you know... You might not think this, but th there's a lot of scams. Like, you know, there's plenty of scams. And so just a note to protect yourself that when you see listings, first of all, let me just tell you the big thing. Number one, never give somebody money, you know. And I, I've heard of cases where the person said, well, you know, send the money now. You didn't see the apartment, but it's so hot. And eventually, you know, and it's usually, usually the apartment is cheaper than the going rate. Uh, never give somebody money. Uh, make sure that you say, no, I would like to see the property. If it's a broker and, um, you, and you ask his name and his company, you can always call that company and find out if this person really works there. And when someone says, I'll meet you in a parking lot um, and not at the <laughs> property, I mean, wait, you know, but, you know, I know it sounds ludicrous, but a lot of people fell for this. Uh, because the guy oh, made did. a big story. He made a big story about how hot this, you know, and the properties were less than the market and how this guy really had to get out. He had no time to show the apartment and they were going to miss a great deal. There's nothing like this around at this price. And the people believed him and met him in a, in parking lots 
and gave him cash, and then he gave them a phony piece of paper that said something like, you know, to the effect that they would rent this apartment and gave them a fake key. Yeah, you know, Dottie, there's a few things. You know, one thing that we always say, you know, and this is even outside of real estate, you got to do your due diligence, and that is all the hallmarks of a classic sort of scam, and it could be for anything. You have this great deal, one-of-a-time opportunity. You got to act fast, and you know if you don't do it, you're going to be the sucker that missed this great chance. And right. look, Dottie, you know part of the issue is that in New York, it is a fast-paced market. Um, but you know, I, I want to add a couple things to what you said. One, this is why you use a trusted team of people. The reality is, a reputable real estate agent is going to have a business card. They're going to have a license number, which you can look up for free. Go to the Department of State website. Every real estate agent, every broker office has to be registered. They have their names listed with their license number. And that's an easy, quick thing you can do for free. Um, If you go to what's called eAccess New York, Department of State, New York State Department of State, all real estate agents are, are registered and licensed, and you can look someone up to see if they're um, actually an agent or not. The other thing is also they have an ID card. You can ask the agent saying, hey, where is your Department of State identification showing that you're a real estate agent with your license number? They're, they're going to they're gonna have that. And other things to look out for, and I'm sure he didn't do it, there are certain New York State mandatory forms about agency disclosure, um, about fair housing that they're supposed to give to you at your first substantial contact. And if you're finding that this individual that you're working with doesn't do it, that's also a good warning sign that, hey, they might be a fraud because those forms are very, very quick and easy and they're standardized. And, you know, all agents know and are supposed to know that at the first substantial contact to present those forms right. um, to either a renter or a buyer. So now we have a, a listener, bit of warning signs. A listener that wrote in and they said that the AARP said that Americans lost record-breaking $8.8 billion to scams in 2022. And remember, scammers, that's what they do. That's their living. So they wake up every day. And they plan their full, it's their work. It's what they do. And you'd be surprised. I mean, I don't know about you, Steve, but even when I, when I have these uh, things on my texts that come in or emails and they say, you know, oh, uh, you know, you are, you know, you, you know, call this number because your, your, your bank, uh, you, you, your credit card has been compromised, all these things. And I'm not, you know, you don't really know. But usually... I ha- I don't answer. I don't even open them. I then, if it said a bank, then I call the bank and said, "Did you reach me?" And usually a bank says, "No, we we, we wouldn't send you a text message like that." But there's so many scammers in so many different areas, and don't think it means that you're stupid if you fall for a scam. I mean, absolutely. Don't be embarrassed. And I'll tell you. I mean. I, I, I hate I hate scammers, and particularly there's a special place in hell for the ones that are targeting seniors, and they're literally going after people on a limited budget who may not be used to it, a changing technology, 
And sometimes people feel maybe a little ashamed because oh, they don't know all the latest and greatest, right? You know, and look, and it's an issue, right? They say, oh, I'll send you this message on your smartphone. Maybe they just have a regular old-fashioned flip phone. Who knows? Don't don't feel bad and don't fall for it. Just say, you know what? It it doesn't work for me. Or if you have maybe another relative who's more comfortable with the technology, say, oh, let me bring in my son, my daughter, my my so forth, whomever, that maybe wants to double-check it. All of a sudden, you'll start seeing the scammer get a little nervous and all of a sudden rush to go to another appointment. Well, and that, even if it's not true, try that technique because they're right. Seniors get targeted a lot. Don't forget the biggest scam that I remember in my life, which they made a movie about, The Wolves of Wall Street, and that was Stratton Oakmont, and they and and I know because they were in they were a lot of them were from Nassau County the kids and they got out of college and these guys brainwashed them and they would work and they they really targeted senior citizens who really might have talked to them for a long time and they 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 got you know they 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 got so much money from them and you know then they said oh they didn't they told us to trade they told us to buy um, so many people were scammed so much money. That was really a professional operation of scammers. Uh, but so yeah, you it, know, Dottie, it, it's, it's a sad thing. I, I know it's slightly off topic from real estate for a second, but, you know, when I was in law school, I worked in the enforcement division at, at the SEC and turned over there. And I'll tell you, one of the things that you see and why seniors are so susceptible, unfortunately, sometimes in this day and age where their relatives all over the country, you know, we, you know, work is so much more 24 seven because we're stuck on our phones and our emails at all hours. And there's a tremendous amount of loneliness. And what some of these scammers do is they befriend the person and they're maybe the first person that they've had a longest conversation with. And it's really the ultimate cruelty that these people yeah. are doing. I uh, thank you again. I have a great listener uh, who's uh, Linda, who is sending me information, and she's saying, and she said that, you know, the Federal Trade Commission says that the rising cost of these crimes is a staggering, considering is staggering, and it's up. Um, and Americans lost oh, 3.5 billion to fraud, including identity theft. And so you've got to be so careful today. I don't know how, you know, you, you've really got to watch it. And I would just suggest, first of all, when it comes to real estate, do never give money and never sign a contract that you didn't show an attorney, okay? Uh, and, of course, go see the place first. Even even if it's not a scammer, I don't recommend people buying things sight unseen. Uh, and, you know, go to and, a... And, you know... If I can just add on the identity theft also, real estate is the most targeted industry for identity theft scammers. And the reason is a lot of times people want to say, oh, I need to see your identification. Oh, I need to get your social security number maybe to open up an escrow account for the, for, right, the tenant security deposit, things like that. So there's a lot of information. It's highly decentralized. And unfortunately, not everyone involved really has best practices on securing and transmitting data. So definitely be forewarned. You know, don't just take a picture of your driver's license and just send out an email and say, oh, yeah, you need my ID. Here it is. Right. 
a lot of times people trade convenience for security, right? Sometimes, and I see this happen, unfortunately, they'll say, oh, you know, we don't have a copier. I'll take a picture with my cell phone and then we'll put it on the system. And by the way, it doesn't even mean that the professionals working with you are bad people. They might mean well. But if you allow that, all of the imperfections and vulnerabilities in that person's phone. I mean, imagine if that person is on Instagram and TikTok and who knows what else they gave permissions to when they download an app. They could have access to all their pictures and they could just pull data. Um, and so it's very scary because you might be doing the right thing, but all you need is one weak link in that chain and your data can be pulled. Well, very, I, I have to scary. confess, I don't do it often enough, uh, but they really tell you to try to change your passwords. Like, you know, don't leave the same password all the time. Try to change them. I mean, I, I don't even know how I do it anymore because I must have 58 passwords. But you, you can put them in Dropbox or something. Try to change your passwords. Um, try to be alert. And as I said, never exchange. That was a big thing. I mean, never exchange money to something you haven't seen. Now, I know people do buy things online. I think people even buy real estate, especially in rentals. Maybe you figure, well, it's just a rental. I don't have time to see it. Uh, but you shouldn't do that. And before you give money to anyone, as Stephen said, you need to check this person out. You need to check who they are out. And there's a million ways to do it. But I guess the easiest way is, you know, call up the, you know, make them identify themselves. And even if they show you identification, sometimes maybe it's fake, call up the company that they say that they're working from. This guy was posing as a realtor. And I guess... You know, if someone says they're a realtor, I even myself, I wouldn't really stop to think, well, maybe they're really not. Um, got to be careful these days. You got to be you, careful. You really do. And what I will just say, and look, you can drive yourself crazy. Um, two little tidbits. One, if you, we definitely are getting password overload because everything wants a passcode. They say make it unique and save it here. One thing that you could do is on your cell phone, you can switch from password to biometric, like face ID or fingerprint on, on all the newer cell phones. So you don't have to necessarily memorize every single password. You Say can that use again, that what'd you do? What, what'd you, A lot of the newer cell, all, all the newer cell phones allow you to use either facial recognition or a fingerprint. So, you know, and if you're worried about saving all your passcodes, you can kind of switch. You can use that in lieu of a password. Um, but maybe Dottie will do some more identity theft on the next one because we're out of time. I know. Time flies. Okay. See, we'll be back next week. And um, we're going to be here with Eric Feldman, who's a general assignment reporter at Spectrum News 1. And you're not going to want to miss him. He's a wealth of information. We'll be right back after a quick break. And the 11 o'clock news, of course.
The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.